Amen. Good morning. You can have a seat. I don't know about you, but uh, you ever reminded of memories when you hear songs? Like, do you? Songs? You don't care about music? I love music. So, uh, I'm reminded of songs. I'm reminded of smells. Those are things that, that trigger memories for me. And uh, that, uh, that song, uh, I don't know what the name of it is. All the earth will shout your praise. Glory, grace of God, glory of God, I don't know. Matt knows the name of it. I don't know names, I just know the lyrics. But uh, that song is so influential in my life. It's one of my favorite worship songs, I realize. I'm standing there worshiping. and um, It just brought me back, because I think when I was listening to it the most, happened to be a little over two years ago, and I think back to like March 2020, okay? When it was, the world was in a chaotic spin. We didn't know what was happening. We didn't know where we were going. We didn't know if we were going to get this deadly virus or not or whatever the virus. We didn't even know what it was. And we were shut down and we'd never seen anything like it. And I would just play that song, not knowing where we were going, what we were going to do. But I knew that regardless of where I was or where I was going, that my breath was filled with Jesus and I was going to praise him with all that I had. And I think it was a good reminder of me even just sitting there and worshiping like, man, Yes, all the earth at one point will shout your praise. When Jesus comes back and he takes us home, that will be the time where we all will sing, holy, holy, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so, um, man, it was just a reminder for me to think back and be like, wow, the Lord's done so many things since then, where he's brought us to, not only individually as you think, but even collectively as a church. Man, all glory to him. And so it was just a reminder just singing there. It was just a good reminder of who God is and what he's done. Uh, My name's Kyle. I am one of the pastors here. Um, I like to say I don't preach too often, uh, but when I do, I have the reputation of having a pretty short sermon. So those of you that do care about the Cowboys, don't worry. You'll you'll see them. You'll see them. Um, And it's probably best to see them in the first few minutes, like Kent said, because after that, pretty bad. Kind of like the Aggies, too. So Um, I can say that I am one, okay? Had my A&M shirt ready and everything today, and I just couldn't do it. So, um, But uh, also, uh, I just want to introduce myself. My name's Kyle. Uh, my wife is Jessica. She uh, runs the kids' ministry here as the kids' minister, and uh, we've got three girls that run around here and think they own the place, and so um, you see them, Hope, Zoe, and Remy uh, are part of my family, and so you can pray for me. I have a lot of women in my household, and I like to say that uh, there's a lot of crying in my house, and sometimes the girls cry too. So, um, but this morning, uh, I get the opportunity to, uh, to bring the word to you, and, and this morning, what God's led me to, we typically preach here in an expository way, expo- expositorily, expository way, um, it's a big word, exegetically, you could say too, that's a little easier, but we do that and walk through verse by verse of the Bible, or we look through different books of the Bible and teach that. And uh, we just finished a series in Hebrews. If you were with us this summer, you saw us walk through the book of Hebrews together. And now we are halfway through, and you're like, man, there's a different speaker every week here at this church. This is kind of cool. They just, I sign up for a week, or how does this work? Um, <laughs> we usually uh, have our teaching pastor here. His name's Ryan Ross. He is on a sabbatical right now, and he's about halfway through that. And uh, he'll be back at the end of October, and we'll celebrate him coming back. We're going to celebrate that Sunday's baptism Sunday. And um, we'll get to, uh, get to be in a more routine of hearing from Ryan. So until then, you get to hear a few of us guest preachers still um, 
each week, so that's good or bad, depending on who you are, I guess. But um, This morning, as I mentioned, October 30th, we're going to have a baptism service here, and I just felt like it was appropriate that we would talk about baptism before we got to that service. And the reason I feel like we need to talk about it is because there are many of you in this room um, this morning that need to understand baptism better, understand why we baptize, understand why it's important. And then our prayer as elders of this church would be then that you as Christ followers, those that have said yes to Jesus, would understand the need to be baptized and those that are yet to be Christ followers would say yes to Jesus today and follow that gospel transformation then with the public display of baptism on October 30th. So all that being said, uh, let's pray and let's get started. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for these people that you've brought here in your sovereign power uh, to hear from you, and that's, God, what we would ask is that you would speak directly to the hearts of people here, that it wouldn't be my words that are coming out of this uh, time, but, God, it would be you, and you would, uh, you would transform us, you would challenge us, you'd encourage us, um, but, God, that you would call all of us to something, uh, even those of us maybe that have already been through baptism. We've already publicly declared you as Lord to the church. What would you be calling us to? Who would you be calling us to reach out to with our story? to make much of you. So right now, God, would you be glorified above all else? It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. So church, at the heart of this baptism call is obedience. The heart of this baptism call is obedience. It's a step of faith in trusting in Jesus. And at City Church, we believe in water baptism by immersion because we follow Jesus' example as he was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. And if you've got your Bibles, you can open them. I'll be popping around to certain... Other verses, like I said, typically we're expository in nature, but uh, with the topic of baptism, I want to look at several verses and several passages that deal specifically with baptism today. But in Matthew chapter 3 is where we'll begin, starting in verse 13. It says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, Jesus. And yet, do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. So then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, of whom I am well pleased. Now look at verse 15. Jesus came to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness, thus beginning his ministry on earth. This was the first declaration of him as Christ as king. He was born. We knew the prophecy of him being born as a baby. He would live a perfect life, a sinless life, and he would then start his earthly ministry, a short ministry, but with a powerful outcome. And this baptism was the first beginning of that ministry here on earth. And in biblical symbolism, water then represents inner cleansing and spiritual rebirth, both being central themes, obviously, to baptism. And so I have two passages I want to look at that affirm this cleansing by water. The reason why do we use water as baptism? Well, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 and 26, says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Another place in Hebrews chapter 10, we just looked at this a few weeks ago. Verse 22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed 
with pure water. You see the symbolism there, the cleansing that comes through water. And then later in the Gospel of Matthew, we saw in the beginning of his ministry in Matthew chapter 3, all the way to the end of Matthew in chapter 28, the last few verses of the book, we see Jesus go on to establish baptism as an eternal ordinance of the church. In verse 19, calling every believer to follow his example. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the interesting thing there, church, is is I googled every translation I could find of the Bible, and every translation uses the word baptism. So we know the importance of baptism, and there's no other way to translate it, but we are to make disciples and baptize them. Make disciples and baptize. All this to say, baptism is a picture or a reenactment of what Christ has done for you. So, to understand baptism better this morning, I want us to answer three questions. Three questions. So if you're taking notes, you'll know when I get to that third question. We're getting close to the end. Number one, what is the meaning of baptism? Second question, why should I be baptized? And number three, who should be baptized? So what is the meaning of baptism? Why should I be baptized? And then who should be baptized? So question number one, what is the meaning of baptism? Well, baptism is a celebration of the grace of Christ in your life. It's an illustration of the gospel and the transformation that comes only through redemption in Christ through his blood on the cross. And this is important, church. It's not essential to salvation. And I think this is where the hiccup comes up sometimes because there's different denominations or different um, divisions of the church that might think of this, uh, that, that, that uh, baptism is essential to salvation. But simply, it's more of an important symbol as you publicly say, I yield to the will of Jesus Christ in my life and I commit to begin my journey of discipleship as a Christ follower and to identify with our local body, our faith family here, City Church, and also the global church. You're publicly declaring your faith in Christ as a symbol. The way that I illustrate this anytime that I want to talk to a kid or a student or even an adult about baptism, when I look at baptism, I try to equate baptism as a wedding ring in a marriage. When you get your wedding ring, and I stood um, almost, I don't know, 14, 15 years ago now um, with my wife. We stood on a wedding day across from each other in front of family, friends, God, and we made vows to one another and committed to one another there that we would dedicate our lives to each other and we would be committed and faithful to one another. And then at the end of those vows, we placed rings on each of our fingers. And so now I wear this ring everywhere I go to be reminded first that I'm committed to Jessica for life and to let all you ladies know that I'm off the market. Okay. Sorry. The beard's a lot. I get it. Um, but it's a commitment. It's a commitment. It's an external display. Now, if I pull this off, and sometimes it comes, and sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't make me single to just take the ring off. Okay? Single and ready to mingle doesn't happen with just the ring off. Okay? I'm still married. The ring just shows that as a public display, as an external display of this commitment that we made to one another. The same thing we do with baptism. We want to show the commitment that we've made to Christ and that Christ has transformed our lives, and we want to celebrate that, and we want to publicly declare that to the watching world. In Romans chapter 6, which Camille just read for us, tells us a little bit more about baptism as well in verses 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. 
How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So we are dead to our old self and we are raised in newness of life. And that is the exact symbol of baptism. And so some of you this morning, you need to experience this literal washing. You need to step into the baptism waters. You have accepted Christ as Lord, but you've not experienced the external display of bearing your old self, bearing your sin for good. So baptism, if you get anything this morning, just get this. Baptism is an external display of an inner reality. It's an external display of an inner reality of a life changed and transformed by the gospel. God gives us truths that are not just theory or head knowledge, but we're able to see, we're able to touch, feel, smell, taste, experience them. And he does this through baptism is one, and communion is the other, which you'll see we're going to participate in at the end of this service as well. These are the two ordinances, the two things that would make a church, the reason the church gathers, the two things that Christ, that God calls us to do, is one, to go, therefore, make disciples of all nations and baptize them, and then to remember, come to the table and take communion. That's what the church is called to do, the ordinances we've been given. Baptism is a proclamation of the glory of Christ, both to the church and to all of the world. You see, it's a moment to declare the goodness and faithfulness of God corporately and in our own lives. It was the first public display of Christ's transformation. It's the first display of him beginning his ministry, and it's the first public display of our transformation by Jesus in our own lives. The first chance for you to share your story, your testimony of God's love and forgiveness of your sins. If you haven't been a part of our baptism services, that's why we take a whole Sunday to do it. That's why we do video testimonies beforehand so that we can understand and we can hear the stories of this gospel transformation in lives from everyone that comes from different walks of life. Because, church, there's so many sermons that you'll never hear on this stage, but that day, there'll be a guy there or a girl that's getting baptized that's walked through the same things that you're walking through, and their testimony speaks volumes into your life, and Christ uses that in a powerful way to draw you to himself, to encourage you. And I hear a lot of times, too, when I get ready to even film some of these testimonies, I don't really have a very exciting testimony. And that is just a lie. And I tell them that to their face. Every testimony is an exciting testimony because every testimony involves somebody who was dead and and destined for an eternity in hell and they have been brought to life. So I don't care if you grew up in church and came to Christ at five years old or the fact that you were addicted to all kinds of hardcore drugs, whatever, and you became out of that and came to know Jesus as Lord. The fact is, Jesus is Lord and he has transformed your life. Amen. And so we want to declare those truths. We want to hear those stories. We want to celebrate as one church is more added to the kingdom of God. But also, like I said, your story can speak volumes into the lives of people in this church that somebody preaching behind this pulpit can never do. Because no one can discount what God's done in your life. It's your story. And we want to celebrate that. And so we get to do that by publicly declaring Jesus as Lord through believers' baptism. So... We answer that question, what's the meaning of baptism? It's the celebration 
of the grace of Christ in your life. It's that external display of this inner reality, a life changed and transformed by the gospel. Question number two, why should I be baptized? Why should I be baptized? Well, as stated earlier in Matthew chapter three, we follow the example of Christ for one thing. That's maybe even the most important thing. We wanna follow Christ and live our lives like him. We wanna follow the example of Christ, so we should be baptized like he was. We also desire to obey the command of Christ in Matthew 28, that it tells us to go and make disciples and baptize them. And finally, we want to identify and unite with the body of Christ, the church. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes this to the church in Ephesus. He says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. You see, the global church and then our church, local city church, is comprised of a community of believers who have identified first with Christ and live as one body then, secondly, each with their own gifts that build one another up and allow this body to function. Our first responsibility as the part of the body of Christ is to be baptized and unite with that body. And then from there, you get to use all the gifts that God's given you to be a part of this church to join into this church. It's the first step in this discipleship process that God's called you to as a believer, your growth as a Christian. It's like your initiation into the brotherhood or the sisterhood, except without any weird hazing. Maybe we should do hazing, I don't know. We really know, some brands or something. Uh, in our local context, the next step you would take is becoming a covenant partner of City Church where you would be find most connected, find fellowship, accountability, structure, to help you continue your journey with Christ as you grow and mature in your faith in Him. Church, we just finished one of our partnership classes, the City Church 201 class, about two weeks ago, and we had over 40 people come through that class. And I'm just so encouraged, I'm so excited about so many people that want to link arms with us. And when I say partnership, for those of you that are like, I don't understand the partnership word, that's just our word for formal membership here but they want to link arms with this church because they see the broken and dying world that is out of this place and they want to take the gospel to the nations, to their neighbors, to their cities and we are trying to be a light, a beacon of hope in this city and beyond. And so I'm praising God for the brothers and sisters that are linking arms with us to continue to see the kingdom of God expand. If you want any more information on partnership, please talk to me after. I'd love to talk to you more about it. That is our formal term for membership here. So when you think about why should I be baptized, well, we take the example of Christ and we want to unite with the local body. And it's our first step into being obedient to him. And then question number three, who should be baptized? Who should be baptized? This one's really easy. Everyone. Everyone who has made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ, okay? You made a profession of Christ, you should be baptized. Those who are fully and wholly trust in the saving grace and mercy of Christ. If you're a born-again Christian, a Christ follower, you've been made new by the blood of Jesus, and baptism is for you. And it's not a request, but an ordinance, even a command of Christ as we see him charge us with that in Scripture. You see, baptism is a full-body expression of your commitment and faith in Christ. And you might be sitting there this morning, you might say, I'm not ready. And if you're not ready because you don't know if you're a Christ follower, then yes, I would say you're not ready. But that means you get to come up and talk to me after this about what it means to be a Christ follower. And I'd love to tell you about what Jesus has done in my life. And I'm sure there's people in this church who would love to tell you about who Jesus is and what he's done for them. So come to Christ. 
But if you are a Christ follower in this room and you've never been baptized, I don't care if you've been following Christ for a week, you've been following Christ for a decade, you've been following Christ for 50 years, God has called you to be obedient, to be baptized. The answer is yes. There's no need to pray about it. There's no need to wonder if it's the right time, the right environment, the right room, the right circumstances, the right family, the right church. Whatever the reason is, the answer is yes. God has called you to be baptized. So say yes and do it. And for those that might be in the room, they're saying, well, I've already gone through this baptism. What, what, what am I supposed to do with this, with this message, Kyle? What am I supposed to do here? Would it be one thing? Well, there's two things. One thing, would you be reminded of the joy of your salvation? Would you be reminded of the day that you did say yes to Jesus and he transformed your life forever and you can remember back to your baptism as the first display of what Christ has done in your life and so you said yes and you remember that and may it be a reminder in your soul for that? Because so often I think sometimes we, uh, we take for granted our, our salvation. We take for granted just this Christian walk that we've had for so many years and God says, take a reminder and be reminded of all the things that I've done for you. And then maybe there's somebody you need to talk to about baptism. Maybe there's somebody you're sitting next to that you're like, I need to encourage this person. Maybe there's somebody that's not here this morning that you need to be like, you need to talk to Kyle. You need to go up and talk to him about being baptized because I know for a fact you follow Christ and you need to let the church celebrate that decision in your life. As a church family, we desire to celebrate in baptism the mighty work of God in the hearts of children and adults to bring them into repentance and faith in Christ Jesus. So like I said, our next service is coming up October 30th, and in preparation of that day, another way to respond to maybe what the Lord is doing in your heart this morning is to be a part of the baptism class. We've never done one before, and we're going to do it next Sunday, uh, October 9th, immediately following this second service. And um, Caleb Mucklow and Jessica Hendrickson, our student and kids ministers, are going to lead through that class. But if you're an adult or kid alike, it's a great chance to just further talk about why we're being baptized and get some ideas of their story, get your story written out, celebrate that, and be in preparation of that 30th, uh, the service on the 30th. So I encourage you, register for that online um, or on the Church Center app so that you can be a part of that class next Sunday. When we baptize each individual, we do it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We celebrate the involvement of the entire Trinity in the newness of life. When we immerse them in the water, we celebrate this death and burial of Jesus Christ for our sins. And then when we raise up out of the water, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and the new creation that we are in Christ Jesus. Like it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the old has passed away and the new has come. So, as I close this morning, two questions, two questions I have for you. Number one, is God calling you to himself? Is today the day of salvation for you? Have you been feeling the stirrings of the Lord in your heart? Have you come here for a couple weeks or maybe it's your first time in this room and you've never fully given your life to Jesus? You've never trusted him with everything. You've never asked him to redeem you of all your sins and just allow him to forgive you and experience the mercy and grace that comes only through Christ Jesus. I hope you'll do that today. Secondly, will you publicly demonstrate what God done, has done in transforming your life forever by being baptized. Because church, like I said, God is calling you to do it. And if he's not calling you to do it, he's calling one of your friends that maybe hasn't experienced it yet and he's calling you to talk to them about it. 
Let's be vocal with our faith. Let's share our story. And let's celebrate as a church at the end of this month gospel transformation in the lives of brothers and sisters through our baptism service. So as the band comes up, let's pray and ask the Lord what he might be calling us to this morning. Father, we know you've been present in this place today. We know that you are, um, you are a good God, a God that loves his people, a God that sent your son Jesus to take on the sins of the world, died a gruesome death on a cross for us so that we might find mercy, salvation, and be made righteous in your sight, God. And so in this room today, there might be people that have never said yes to that truth, have never said yes to that forgiveness, to that free gift of grace. So God, maybe even in this moment, someone in this room just needs to just say, God, I'm done trying to do it by myself. I I can't figure these things out on my own. I need you to come into my life. I need you to to save me. I need you to be Lord. I need to put you first above all else. Would you please forgive me? And God, maybe some others that have been worried about if it's the right time to be baptized or it's, I've been a Christian for so long, I feel like, um, like I'm, I'm almost embarrassed that I haven't been baptized for so long. God, would you just remove that and know that that is completely a lie from the enemy? That they have a story to share and they have a lifetime of faith that they have um, had along with them and stories of how you've moved. God, that could be maybe a sermon preached better than any sermon I could ever preach up here. God, would they be encouraged in this moment that they have a story to share and we want to celebrate what you've done in the lives of so many. And then God, would you just, God, would you empower us in this moment today as we go out to back to our homes, back to our neighborhoods, back to our workplaces, our schools, God, would we be empowered to be a light for you? That we would not hide our light under a bush, but that we would shine it bright. That the gospel would be on display in our lips and how we talk and our actions and how we live. God, would we make much of you this week? God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you so much for your word and how it gives us straight commandments and gives us just simple words to live by, to model our life by. So thank you for the power of your word. May it dwell richly within us. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the preaching of God's Word at City Church Melissa. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 1045 a.m. at 2300 Vineyard Hill Lane, and we hope to see you there soon. City Church Melissa, for the glory of God and the good of the city.